Last week, we learned about the similarities and differences between writing to heal and keeping a diary. We learned that writing to heal is more purposeful and growth-oriented. We also learned that it leads with a structure and direction to your expressive writing. Furthermore, we also learned that uh, we learned about Penny Baker and Smith, who led studies that educated us on the positive effects of our physical, mental, and emotional well-being from writing to heal. And of course, I shared about my favorite emotional benefit is uh, about how it enables personal growth. If you missed the previous two episodes, I'd love for you to catch up on them. And if you're joining us today, hi, my name is Anne and you're here with me on Writing to Heal. I am the founder of Revel, which comprises of a small group of people who are incredibly passionate about nourishing minds. If you have any questions or suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach me via email, hi at revel.sg, that is h-i at r-e-v-e-l dot s-g. And you'll also find me on Instagram, my handle's at nmthomas. I'm an 80s kid, a product of baby boomers. Baby boomers are known to be achievement-oriented, dedicated and career-focused. Born during the post-World War II baby boom, my parents rejected and redefined past traditions. Baby boomers are confident, independent and self-reliant. So it goes without saying, I grew up in a very goal-oriented supportive and structured environment. So if you've had a similar upbringing as mine, you'd understand when I say that writing to heal um, is effective because you need structures and supports to be in place. This will result in a more efficient and effective use of the process. And that's what we're discussing today. If structures make you cringe, I'll teach you ways you can gently ease yourself into it. To share another personal story, embarrassing confession time, back in the early 90s, I've read my sister's diary. I also uh, know that my mom was an avid reader of that diary. So yeah, this taught me not to leave my journal behind at school, or rather it taught me to leave my journal behind at school instead of bringing it home. Um, This really embarrassing realization helps me understand why not everyone might be open to the idea of journaling. You might feel it's an invasion of privacy, or that someone might find it and read it, or perhaps you just really hate writing. Or maybe if you're someone who has negative experiences with journaling before, you may not feel good about it now. Now, when I meet Revel's visitors in store and we get into conversation about journaling, especially if the person is uncomfortable about expressive writing, here are some typical questions I'd ask to help me better understand how I can be of assistance. First, uh, and foremost, I check if they had previous uh, positive or negative, uh, or perhaps neutral experiences when it comes to journaling. And then I check if they've had uh, used it in a medical or professional capacity. 
if that's a no or they have negative feelings linked to their previous experiences, I ask them to share about their concerns about writing to heal. And instead of diving into the benefits, I'd first ask them about their own self-conceived opinions on how they feel uh, journaling could benefit their health um, their healthful healing is very natural to be suspicious of the process and view it as a time waster which makes me uh, which makes me this podcast was a uh, which makes rather which makes me wish this podcast was a little more interactive where i'd be able to have this conversation with you instantaneously i don't know about you but for me while scientific evidence matter I also often feel more encouraged to start something new when I know exactly how it can help me. What I can tell you is that when you start writing consistently, you will begin to notice patterns of your thoughts and your behavior. You will detect uh, thoughts and behavior you might not like about yourself and journaling will help you address these which uh, with much more focus. It becomes a way for you to track growth and development. Again, I know this isn't a one-size-fits-all solution, so if you uh, need any help at all, please do reach out to us. We're happy to share our ears, eyes and um, ideas. The main tools of journaling which add structure are, of course, your notebook and writing tools. Selecting a journal is a crucial step. When shopping for one, choose something that you find extremely attractive. It might seem materialistic, but the truth is it's imperative that you feel drawn to open that notebook and start writing. This rings true if you are someone who typically prefers to write online. Uh, uh, through gadgets. I say this because studies have shown that writing by your hand activates more areas of your brain. The same goes for pencils, pens, markers, paint. Choose mediums that you are comfortable with and are drawn to. Make sure it feels extra special and exciting for you. After all, you are embarking on a fantastic journey that will hopefully, and I'm pretty sure will, improve your life quality. So, how do you go about writing to heal? As I mentioned earlier, there should be guidelines and structures in place to make it as effective as possible. But... I also say that it's really, really important you know that there is no so-called perfect method in writing to heal. You journal with the intent to heal. You may write a few words, you may draw, you may paint, you may go on and on for a few pages or just input a couple of lines. The most important thing is that you express yourself, knowing that you and only you are your audience. The first step, or perhaps the first sentence, is always the hardest. As I've said over the past two episodes, please be kind and patient with yourself. Keep going. Just write. Trust me, when I say this, in due time, it will flow naturally. Now that you've got your notebook and writing tools, you'd want to create yourself an environment that will be comfortable you that you will be comfortable in 
and very importantly, where you won't be disturbed at. Find or create yourself some space where you can sit quietly for about 15 or 30 minutes and write out your feelings in a clear and uninterrupted setting. Me, I prefer absolute silence, but I know people who focus better with some sort of white night, uh, sorry, white noise going on. If this resonates with you, great. A cafe, a library, or just your room with some music on will work brilliantly for you. In the name of structure and creating yourself a supportive environment, here are some pointers. Turn off the TV and put away all your gadgets. If you live in a noisy home and wish to journal at home, consider waking up earlier than the rest or reserving some time before you go to bed to write. And this I've reinforced since episode 1. Please reserve about 5 minutes for some post-journaling reflection. Reflection time also includes you collecting yourself and your thoughts. As you might feel uh, you know, sad or even angry after writing about your strong emotions. To have a few minutes of reflection uh, at the end of each session. Now that we've got our tools and environment set, join me next week where we'll get started on effectively using prompts and exercises to help you stay focused and learn to organize your thoughts.